Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay, slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real-world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest, building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it. Find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. Hello, Mindshare friends. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Health Business Growth Show. I'm Nat Kringudis, one of your Mindshare mentors. And in today's episode, I'm actually joined by one of our other mentors, Jen Maleka, who is such a powerhouse when it comes to your business systems within your business and strategies for marketing and growth. And she is just a wealth of information. I asked her if she could join us because I really wanted to talk about three things in this episode. I wanted from a mental perspective to discuss what's actually moving the needle in people's businesses right now. What's working? What can we see as mentors that's actually working right now? I also then wanted to dive into, well, if we're looking at what's working, we probably should look at what's not working. So we talk a little bit about that in this episode. And finally, what should we be doing moving forward? What could we be thinking about that we project is really also going to help to propel things within your health business moving forward? I have loved recording this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into it. Jen, thank you. We are very excited, both actually equally excited, both of us being here. It might end up being a situation of both of us hosting this and both of us answering the questions as mentors, but. We thought it would be really cool to talk a little bit about some things that you're seeing in your experience, in your world, in the people that you're mentoring, of things that are actually working right now. Like, what do you think is moving the needle for people? I think what's moving the needle for people is really, and this is going to sound a little cliche, right, because we hear this all the time, but really showing up in a very authentic way, right? Because People are looking for solutions that they can personally connect with. And when we show up in the same way or think ways that we think that we think that we should be showing up in the same way that everybody else is showing up, 
it's not actually helping you stand out from the crowd and distinguish yourself as an expert in a specific solution that somebody out there is looking for. And especially right now, I would say all the rage and all the talk is about using AI, which we can utilize as a tool. But even when we're utilizing that as a tool, we have to be really conscious of how that is helping us or not helping us show up in the world. And are we just regurgitating other things that people are saying, or are we showing up with that authenticity to really stand out and be unique in a perspective and an authority and an expertise that really is going to connect us with the people that we're trying to help the most, essentially. I love that you've said this because I actually did a live on this just before about authenticity and showing up. So we're very aligned today. But I think the nicest part about this is it's far easier to be you than to pretend to be somebody else. And Mm -hmm. I think especially in the world of being a health entrepreneur, it is a bit of an odd space to build trust as someone that's a health expert or a health business or a health service or a product you have to build trust. And it's probably one of the hardest places to do that. One of the easiest ways to actually cut through that, however, is being authentic. And we can look, especially somewhere like the summit, where we're in a room and we might be in a room with, let's say, 10 other people that do exactly what we do. How do we utilize each other to actually elevate ourselves rather than what we might have previously done? And approach it as a, oh, it's them versus me scenario. Have you seen a situation where that's been the case and then we've been able to break that down and there's been an amazing shift and collaboration and just that showing up authentically? Yeah, I actually think that this is probably one of, if not the hardest kind of mindsets for people in our space to break through, right? Health professionals have a tendency to see their value in the credentials that they have acquired. So I'm double board certified in this, or I'm a gut expert, or I'm an endocrinologist. And what I like to do is shift the frame on that and go, your credentials are not actually what you do. And it's not what actually brings value to somebody. And you're exactly right, Nat. Like if we want to be either in a scarcity or an abundance mindset, the scarcity mindset is to go, oh, the industry is oversaturated with people that specialize in hormones or gut health, like there's not enough to go around versus there's plenty to go around because there is a uniqueness about you. Yes, you have your credentials, but there's something that is unique about you that is going to connect you with a very specific person. And this is why like, you know, even looking at you and I as an example, like Some of the content or things that we share or talk about in our health businesses might be similar, but there is something that's unique about you that connects you to your audience, why somebody would choose you as their, you know, health practitioner versus me, for example. And I think that this is a really hard mold to break for a lot of people in the like health industry specifically, especially when we look at traditionally trained doctors, for example, or licensed professionals that are getting out of that conventional approach into more of a functional, holistic, like expansive approach in the work that they do, because this is part of training that you received in schooling almost, is to be a generalist, to help everybody, to wear the white coat and do like 
you know, the, the PC things essentially. And where we're seeing that actually people are having the greatest impact is when they break free of that mold and embrace their uniqueness, embrace their beliefs and their personality that helps them to become personable to the audience that it is that they're actually trying to reach where they can have the impact that they want to have on the world, basically. To that point, I think, and to summarize, because I was writing this down as you were saying all of this, being unique and uniquely you actually is your biggest attraction, like the best way to attract the right people to you, which then makes your offering and service so much easier because you've got the right people already there that you're ready to serve. Like, try and tell me this doesn't make sense. And like I like to say, like your ideal audience is usually a reflection of you. Mm. You have shared value, shared morals, shared experiences in life. I mean, I kind of love hanging out with myself. Wouldn't I want all of my audience and my clients to be like me? That sounds pretty amazing. Doesn't that sound amazing to you? If you could just be surrounded by a million gnats, basically. Totally. But you know what, actually, to that point, if you're listening to this and you're cringing at that, it's probably, and it's obviously triggering at that point, that's a really good indicator of maybe there's some self-work that could be done. Because if you think, oh my gosh, spending time with myself, I don't like that idea. What that's telling me is you're not showing up authentically. You're pretending to be something you're not. That is exhausting. You can only maintain that for so long. and it's probably just a little bit of a sign that you could do a little bit of work. So that it's the same as when you hear your voice. How many people say, I hate the sound of my voice? I'm like, I actually like mm. the sound of my voice, but it's taken me a long time to get there. I've, I've accepted it. And then it just is what it is. And now I'm like, oh, it sounds all right. It doesn't sound terrible. Accent and all. Uh, you know, there's something else that I want to kind of add to this as we're talking about this, it's coming up and you're saying this is that you're right. Like the self-work work has to be there always, right? And this is where the imposter syndrome comes up is that we're not actually embracing who we are and the value that we bring to the table. And then we feel like an imposter because we're trying to be something that we're actually not. And so the easiest way to get around that imposter syndrome is just to actually be yourself. In this space that we work within, I just want to also touch on something that I think is really important from a, a customer experience, um, an industry and a marketing perspective that I think is actually very unique to our industry, specifically in this health space and this functional, integrative, holistic health space that we operate within that is so different from any other industry because there is a huge collective shift that is happening in the ways that people are seeking more personalized health solutions. So the experience of a client or patient or customer before they get to us often is that they have been through many solutions prior to reaching us, right? On average, it takes four to five doctors to finally get an autoimmune diagnosis, or it's like an average of six years. And so they've been through these traditional systems, not getting the answers, feeling like nobody is listening to them, like nobody understands their experience, right? And so when we actually embrace authenticity and we show up in that way in the world, we become more personable. And when we can connect with them on a personal level, it instantly 
bridges that gap, that lack of trust, that vulnerability that they have from their previous or past experiences of nothing else working and not feeling heard. And it connects us instantly to them to build that trust and rapport that starts to create that connection, that loyalty that eventually turns them into a customer of ours where we get to work with them and then they stay with us for a really long time because we've built that relationship with them. And so that vulnerability of this industry is something real. It's very palatable in the experience that we have to recognize that this is not, we're not selling other things. We're not life coaches. We're not, you know, even business coaches. I mean, we're business mentors here. But the experience of the individual that is going through real health challenges in this industry is much different than any other industry. There's a vulnerability to that and we need to connect with them in that space. Back to that original what's moving the needle, the customer experience is also moving the needle, right? I mean, you're talking about the other side of that being vulnerable as the practitioner and being authentic as the practitioner and moving away from that traditional, you know, barrier that has always been, I'm the professional, you're the patient or client, you'll do as I say and don't ask questions. Now the patient actually wants the experience. I think they've always wanted the experience, but it wasn't necessarily from a traditional sense what was offered. But I say to my team all the time, like from the minute somebody makes that first connection, that's where the customer experience starts. Whether it's a phone call, whether it's a text message, whether it's an email, whether it's on social media or on a stage, that's the first encounter. And that's where the experience actually starts, right? So that's where that vulnerability is also very important as the front-facing person of the business. Let's switch lanes and look at what are you seeing that is commonly happening that maybe isn't working? Could you call something out? Like without without naming names, obviously, what's not working? You're seeing something you're like, oh, wow, why are we still doing this, guys? What's not working, I think, is producing content that is like very research and fact driven that lacks that emotional connection, that it lacks that storytelling, that lacks the authenticity. It's not landing with people at all. It's not helping them to see the transformation, what's possible for them. It's just information dumping. And people are disengaging from that, I think. Or they're looking at it with glazed eyes because they don't truly understand how it connects with them. So I think that is one thing I want to call out because I think that that is something, again, that is really hard for people in this space because as health professionals, we are data research clinical nerds. We love that kind of stuff. But that's not actually the language that our our audience speaks that is going to reach them and connect with them. So we have to massage that information in a way that is digestible, that lands and makes sense and shows them what the transformation, what can happen for them. And then I think that along with that, what happens then is people are just producing content to produce content. Mm. They're checking the box, right? They're checking the box on producing content when it's actually not valuable content that's landing with somebody. And so in a lot of ways, that can actually repel people away from us. It becomes clutter. It becomes spammy in our inboxes or in our social media feed. And so therefore, people stop paying attention and we lose their attention over time, which is then creating a, a negative impact. I mean, would you say that you're seeing that too? Or what are other things that you're noticing? 
Do you know what the most successful subject line of all time is? You are not alone. One of the most common statements I hear when people attend our events is, oh my gosh, I found my people. I don't feel alone anymore. In fact, Mindshare started because I was at a marketing event. And when I asked one of the experts the best way to build my business, he said, do it through collaboration. The only challenge was that I was going to these events and there were very few health professionals or health business owners in the room. So I started inviting my peers to come to the events and join me for lunch where we could share best practices and get to know each other. Well, we quickly outgrew those meeting rooms and I decided we should hold our own event, which has become our annual gathering, now in its 10th year, the Mindshare Leadership Summit. This unique event is a combination of facilitated networking that even the biggest introvert enjoys so that you'll leave the event with at least 10 great relationships to help expand your impact. There's strategic training by your peers to share what's working right now in their health businesses so that you can increase your income and incredible keynotes by notables, including Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marie Forleo, Lisa Nichols, and Brendan Burchard to help you expand your vision. We also have our Future of Health Talk competition where you will help select the winner or you can even compete yourself to get featured in the media and top podcasts. And because in my next life, I really wanna be a party planner, we include a world-class costume party and a celebratory gala featuring our Impact Awards where we acknowledge the incredible achievements of our members. This year's event is October 5th through 8th at the spectacular JW Marriott Camelback Resort and Spa in Scottsdale, Arizona. Attendance is by application only, so to learn more and apply, go to MindshareSummit.com. Now, this is our 10th anniversary year, so the celebration is going to be off the hook. You do not want to miss it. So again, MindshareSummit.com. See you there. I think that's the same vein as leading with your credentials. You know, like you mentioned that before. Yes, you need to have some level of qualification, I think, you know, to be able to claim authority, but it's not what you lead with. You lead with how you transform people. And it's the same with content, leading again with a whole lot of really researched, detailed information for the majority of people, their eyes just glaze over. So what would be better is actually showing how you could put something into practice, for example giving them an actual step-by-step. They don't need to get into the weeds of the why. Well, the majority of people don't. I would say in clinical practice, maybe 5% will actually ask me, Nat, please explain the detail. The rest don't Mm -hmm. want it. But us as health professionals, you're completely correct there. We think that that's what they want. They don't want that. In my experience, Mm -hmm. what I see is, from at least that perspective of what people see first, and how they connect with you, and this is difficult as a health provider, is they want to be entertained. They actually want to be entertained, which is not our job. So this is why I think it's so hard as a health provider. You know, you didn't sign up to have to dance on Instagram. I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but you didn't sign up for that, right? When you were like, I'm going to transform people's lives, you never thought, oh, and I'm going to have to tap dance to get people to pay attention to me. You thought, I'm just going to be so fantastic that people are going to absolutely want my services, fast forward and you find out, oh, I actually have to give them this experience and that starts with me showing up, being authentic as Mm. we've spoken about, creating content and now you're telling me I need to make it simple, like when my brain is actually up here where it's not simple, like 
it's literally the opposite of everything we thought it was going to be. Exactly. And the whole marketing in like windows have changed. You know, I remember when I started my practice and Facebook and Instagram are nothing what they are today. But in a, in a sense, especially for people who want to have a business online, I always like to give them this perspective is that when you have a brick and mortar clinic, for example, you can put a sandwich board outside of the clinic that says like, get IVs here. We do these things. Maybe there's like a discount thing that they can get. And as people are walking across the, you know, by the sidewalk, they're going to see the sandwich board. It's going to pique their interest. Maybe they stop in, inquire about your clinic, or you can have poster boards and signs. So I'm like, okay, if you're going to be in the online space, we need to create the equivalent of your sandwich board on the sidewalk. How are you going to grab people's attention? So this kind of goes along with what you were just saying, Nat, is that we have to be entertaining in a sense to grab their attention. And entertaining can mean a lot of things. It doesn't have to mean tap dancing on Instagram. It doesn't have to mean telling jokes necessarily. This is where your uniqueness comes through. I mean, I think about like Tony Yoon, who's a part of our community, and he's got this very humorous side of him that really works for him. And that's not like, when I think about doing something like that, I cringe. That's not authentic to me and that's okay. But I found my own authenticity and how I show up on social media that feels good to me. And because of that feel good feeling, it is connecting with the people that I want it to connect with ultimately. So the cool thing about it is that you do get to decide, you know, the ways that you're going to show up to create that connection with people that is also individualized based on your uniqueness and what you bring to the table essentially, to grab their attention. Such a relief because now you've basically just heard you don't have to dance on Instagram. You have to figure out what you like doing. And again, I will constantly come back to this. What do you find fun? Do you find cooking fun? Then put cooking Mm -hmm. information up. Do you find grocery shopping fun? I sure don't. But anyway, what is it that you enjoy doing or where do you have the most fun or where do you feel it's the least amount of effort is usually what you actually find fun. Because it's easy and you enjoy it. And then that's attractive. Like when you're having fun, you're a magnet to other people. So I think being able to bring that in and to that point previously, part of being in a health business didn't look like there was any fun to it. Things have changed a lot in the last 10 years, especially in this industry where it was very prim and proper and professional. And I think that barrier has actually been broken. I think it's being broken, but I think that this is where people are kind of struggling is showing up authentically is that they are afraid to break that. They're afraid that if they show up and do, you know, Instagram reels or show their real personality, that they're somehow crossing a line of professionalism that's going to taint them or put a stain on their professional credentials. And that I think that this is something that you do really well is like, you know, you show up very authentically in your social media. So I would love for you to share like, How do you kind of walk that line of professionalism and personality and authenticity? Like, what is it that allows you to show up in the way that you do and be okay with it and knowing that you're still a professional in this space? Yeah, it's a good question. I've said lots of times that we need to be a little bit on the line of controversial, but in a sense of something that I strongly believe in. And I don't ever want to push my opinions I just want to make them clear as to where I stand, right? I'm not making you do it. I'm doing it in a way that you can choose. And it's not pushy. It's just I'm presenting to you what my 
stance is. So I think the best way I find to do this that allows it to do it in a collaborative way is to ask a lot of questions. I constantly put questions out and I'm constantly questioning things publicly. And I think that still allows you to remain as a professional. Like, for example, you know, what do we think about having a 15-minute acupuncture appointment as opposed to a 45-minute acupuncture appointment? I think X, Y, Z. You know, where I'm asking questions, but I'm still sharing information. The turning point often happens for people when they do slightly step out of that comfort zone and they do share something that's unpopular, or but, but they are prepared to stand up for. And then the more that you do that and the more you get to shine your personality through, the easier it gets. So it's not like you woke up one day and it was all of this. It's been many years of doing consistently what we're doing. There's nothing you could really do that would rock me when it comes to the way that people might perceive it or a a troll or a negative comment or that to me now is not even a thing, but that wasn't always the case. So, you know, in the past I might have been like, oh, I don't know whether I should share this because I'm going to upset somebody. And also that comes down to knowing who your audience and your niche is as well. It's like if you were to try and please everybody, you'd never have any successes. You really wouldn't. There's so many parts to it when I think about how to answer that question, but I think it still comes back to that theme. You just have to be you. I don't have to be anyone else. And when I realized that, A, all I had to do was be me. B, I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. I think that's what also holds us back is thinking we have to know how to answer everything and have it all perfect. Nobody does. So the minute I realized that nothing's permanent, I don't have to have all the answers. And also, I will say, Any publicity is actually good publicity in the long run. It might not feel like it when you're being attacked, but it actually is. I feel like your skin gets thicker, you get more confident, and then it's almost like, well, this is what I believe. And you don't have to come along for this ride if you don't want to, but I would love you to Mm -hmm. if you do. And, you know, not everybody loves peaches, so that's fine. When I try and reflect on what we've done and how we've done that, I think it does require, though, I can tell you the turning point. There was a turning point post that I put out there that just copped so much negative attention, but it was the most positive experience in the end because I got to connect with the audience. I got to see what I could have done better. I got to see how I could actually stand in my authority because I still believed in what I was saying, and it just kind of grew from there. So I think the first thing is just start to show up, try and be consistent and be authentic, and over time, you get to a point where it's just unwavering and it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. Like, for example, our friend Tony Yoon, like you just said, does he really care if some... The other day I shared with him a copycat account and he's like, oh, there's lots of those. Whereas if it was you or I, like I remember one point there was someone that was a copycat account and I was horrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody go and report it. I mean, he's at a point now where he's like, oh yeah, that's a daily thing. Don't even worry about it. It's fine. You know, is it like... 22 followers over on the copycat account. So you just continue to grow like you do in all other parts of your business. And the more you do that, the more you shine, the more you're the authority. And, you know, at the end of the day, really what I think about, how can I be part of a dinner conversation? How can someone be talking about something and someone else overhears and says, oh, my gosh, I saw Nat talk about this the other day. Or, oh, my goodness, can I introduce you to Nat? That's actually what I have in mind when I'm creating information. I want to be part of someone's dinner conversation. The collaboration that comes to mind, which makes me think of, you know, I think part of of what is the key of kind of 
walking that line of being a little controversial, but also being professional is standing strong in your points of view and your belief without actually being negative or putting other Mm. solutions or people out. And I think that this is coming back to that uniqueness and authenticity part is recognizing that there's plenty to go around. And the people, the audiences that we're trying to reach are all at different places of their journey, right? And I know from my personal health journey, like there's evolutions to the health journey. The things that I needed 10 years ago are to get me to a certain place are much different than what I need now, essentially. And this is one of the things that we've already, that we've always really valued about the Mindshare community. Like I know going to the summit, one of the things that we've always traditionally talked about is how we can somehow create a room full of people that all have different dietary approaches from vegans to carnivores to paleo to Whole30 to everything in between. And somehow we're able to get people to sit in a table and like all respect each other's choices in that way because there's different things that work for different people. And so I think like what I'm hearing and kind of relating this to is what you're saying is that you ask a lot of curious questions, you share information and let the person kind of decide like you get to have your point of view and it's not, you know, bashing a different system or a different way of being. It's just, this is what I think. And that's going to connect you with the people that are finding that to be true for themselves too, essentially, because we're showing up in that really like authentic way. It's having that kind of that mentality of like a rising tide raises all ships or boats like we talked about. And a little thing that I want to share about this is I recently stumbled upon a fairly old book, but it's very relevant to our times right now. It's called The Wellness Revolution, and it was written by an economist in like 2007. And he shares the evolution of a person's experience of, you know, first they get off of like regular milk and they go to soy milk. And while most of us might think like, oh my God, soy milk is not the answer. It's so bad. What he talks about in the book is once they're introduced to one concept of wellness, it's like a snowball effect where they become consumers of more things of wellness and then the next level of things of wellness. And so this is where we collectively as an industry, we all play a role in the evolution of a person's health journey from different perspectives and like having that uniqueness in our standpoints and our point of view and showing up authentically in a professional way that also we're speaking our truth helps to progress people along the journey at any point in time. So we're all actually working together, I think, in that capacity, that collaboration, being a part of the dinner table conversation. Brings me to my final point, and I think we've actually covered this off, but I want to kind of just reinforce this. I wanted to ask, you know, what do you think is the way of the future? Like, what are the things that are happening or that are next on the list to really move the needle? And I think that that's, you've answered that question already. I think it is about continuing to create community, the like-minded people, and that collaboration without competition, but seeing these people as a means to help reach more people, help more people, collectively help more people, even though individually your offering is your personality is different. So your offering is different, but you get to actually have a greater impact when you are standing with other people who have a similar philosophy. To reinforce that, that also helps to start that one thing that might spur someone to drink the soy milk mm-hmm. instead of the dairy, and then the snowball effect happens. So I guess, yeah, there's so much 
power in collaboration, which is what Mindshare is about. And it's so unique to me because in Australia, this is not how people think at, at all. Whereas I think there is in other places of the world, there is a bit more collaboration, but I actually think that what we do at Mindshare is actually extraordinary. 100%. And that's where I think like the future, I think it's collaboration instead of competition and really thinking about like, you know, I was in our Mindshare community last week talking about this is when you come to the summit, think about the people that you can align with for collaboration to help move somebody across their journey. So if I think about my health business, I meet people at a certain aspect of their their health journey. A great example of this is people, like I partner with my naturopath. So my personal naturopath that I go to for things that I need in that realm, we actually have collaborated where she can help people to a certain degree, but she has limitations in the capacity in which she works with in her clinic. And when somebody needs a higher touch point, she refers them over to me and I get to expand and work with them in a greater capacity to move the needle in their health journey. And then once I get them to a certain place, like resolve a lot of like the initial underlying imbalances and symptoms that they had, now they want to like go a step deeper. They want to optimize, they want to maintenance. And a really cool partnership that I've created and collaboration is with our our fellow mentor and, and health business boss, Sinclair. And like she does all this super deep detox work. So I will then refer my clients off to them to take the next steps in their journey. And it's not competition. It is collaboration. And my clients are loving it. And they still see the value in what I brought to the table and what every step along the way has also, right? And so we get to create collectively, like create this greater impact in this capacity and work together to elevate the entire industry. Very good. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. I've loved this episode. I think it's actually, if I may say so myself, I think it's fantastic. So <laughs> thank you for taking the time. And look, we're going to see everyone at the summit really soon, right? We are. <laughs> so friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Health Business Growth Show. Please go ahead and feel free to share this episode with other people that you feel might enjoy it. Other health entrepreneurs or especially new health entrepreneurs because that space can feel really overwhelming. But when you have the right information and it's broken down really simply, it can absolutely help you on your way. Thanks again for listening. Feel free to go ahead also and give this podcast a rating. We would love for you to do that. And until next time, bye for now. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.